0: Welcome to Ebenezer Baptist Church. On July 28, 2013, today's message is titled Worshiping the God of Mission" by Pastor Ryan Cochran, and is based on Scripture, First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 13. Let's pray together. God, it has been good to see with our own eyes the way that you are working. And so, Lord, I, we thank you today. And we thank you for uh, the way that you are moving, God, here at Ebenezer in our lives. God, the way that you are moving in Mexico. God, it is good to see. Lord, I pray now as we as we come to your word, Lord, that we would hear it. God, I pray that you would move in us right now as we listen to you. In Christ's name, amen. Well, One of my favorite movies when I was a little kid uh, was the movie called The Never-Ending Story. Does anyone ever remember seeing that movie? All right, yeah, there's a few of you. Good. The Never-Ending Story was one of my favorite movies Uh, In that movie, a young boy acquires a magical book. And he steals away up into the attic of this old building to read this book. And whenever he opens the book to read it, the boy finds that he's not just a reader of the book, reading about other characters. When he opens the book, he finds out that he himself is one of the characters in the story. As the boy reads, he becomes a part of this other world, it's a world that existed a long time before he opened the book, but a world that he himself becomes a part of. And this new world that, uh, that he's in in this book is influenced by his desires, by his actions, by his hopes, by his failures, and by his successes. His life becomes a, a part of the plot and narrative of this whole world in this book. His actions even have a real impact on how the book ends. When we open up the Bible, and when we read it, and when we read about a story, a story that existed and began long before we were born and long before we opened up the Bible, but when we open it and when we read it rightly, we discover that this is God's story that we have been invited to be a part of. It's God's story, that by God's grace, he has invited us to become a part of this story that he is telling in this world. The Bible is the story of God's work of creation and redeeming his creation from sin and brokenness and death. And when we open up the Bible, we read verses that say things like this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the work of God, so that no one may boast. Not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When we read verses like this, when we read them rightly, and when we read them with expectation that they are about us and for us, we discover that God has invited us to participate in him and in his story and in his mission in the world. God has saved us by grace so that we might do good works that he prepared for us to do. God has lovingly and graciously prepared for you and I good works to do. Youth, the work that you did in Mexico, was a work that God lovingly prepared for you a long time ago to do. God has prepared for us his people, those baptized into Christ, to be a part of bringing about his purposes in the world through these good works that he has prepared for us. We are a part of the story that God is telling in the world. And this morning, I want to look at two key passages of Scripture that speak about how God calls us as his people to be a part of what he is doing in the world. And in these two passages, one is in Exodus chapter 19 and the other is in 1 Peter chapter 2, we read about our identity as God's people and also as, uh, we read about our mission as God's people. Our identity as God's people and our mission as God's people. I would encourage you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. Before I read these verses, let me set the scene for you a little bit here in Exodus. In these verses, Israel has already been freed from slavery, from the Egyptians. They have passed through the Red Sea. They have wandered in the desert for a little bit, and they have found themselves at the foot of Mount Sinai. Israel had been slaves in Egypt. God had heard their cries. God sent Moses to them, and he freed them from slavery, and he brings them here to the foot of Mount Sinai, and God is about to give the law to Moses to give to the people. But in these verses, before Moses receives the law, God gives them their identity as a people. He tells them who they are as a people, and he also tells them what they are to do as his people who have been saved and redeemed by him. So in these verses, right before they are about to receive the law, God tells them who they are, what their identity is, and he tells them what they are to do as his people they he tells them their mission or their purpose. Let me read Exodus chapter 19 verses 3 through 6. Then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, "This is what you are to say to the house of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, If you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. In these verses, God tells them who they are. He gives them their identity. They are the ones who have been saved by God. You yourselves have seen how I carried you out of Egypt. You have seen what I did to Egypt and carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Israel, who are you? You are the people of God who has been saved by God. This is the starting point for understanding who we are as God's people. That God has acted first to save us and to redeem us. I think that in our lives, we're often tempted to reverse the order that God saves us because of good works that we do, that we work really hard in order to get God to approve of us. But the message of the Bible is different. The message of this passage is different. God says, I am the one who has carried you out of Egypt. Who are you, Israel? You are the ones that God saved and redeemed by his mercy and grace. God goes on to say more about their identity. If you obey me fully, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. The Hebrew word here, treasure, is an interesting word. When a king at this time would conquer a particular area, the whole area was understood to belong to the king. The common people at that time didn't understand that they had private property like we do today. It was all understood to belong to the king. Everything was in the king's possession, but the king had treasured possessions. And those treasured possessions were those things that the king had in his personal possession, the things that he held, the things that were in his house. So what is God saying here? He is saying that although the whole earth is already mine, you, Israel, are my treasured possession. You are special to me. I have redeemed you. I have saved you. You are my treasured possession. This is Israel's identity. They are God's treasured possessions, the one who have been saved and redeemed by God's mercy and grace. And then God gives them their mission. Israel, if you obey me fully, you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This is Israel's mission. This is how they are going to participate in God's work and story that he's telling in the world. They are going to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I want to spend a few minutes talking about what these two different things mean, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. What did God mean when he said to them, that their mission is to be a kingdom of priests. Well, the task of a priest in Israel was to be an intermediary between God and man. The priests in Israel were those who were to speak to the people on behalf of God and those who spoke to God on behalf of the people. They spoke to the people about God. They taught him about who God was and taught them the law of God. It was through the work of the priests that the people came to know God and to know the law and to know how they were to honor God with their lives. The role of the priests in Israel was to make God known to the people. And if you read in the Old Testament, you see in God's design, what he did is he took the tribe of Levi, which was the tribe of the priests, and when God divided up the land, he didn't give the Levites a particular area to live in. Instead, he told the Levites that you are to go and to live among all the tribes. You're to be scattered throughout all of the different tribes of Israel. And so there were to be priests living among each different tribe so that the tribes of Israel would have people who would speak about God to them and who would speak to God on their behalf. The tribe of Levi were the priests scattered throughout all these tribes of Israel to do this work of making God known to the people and also praying to God on behalf of the people. And now God says to Israel, you as a whole people are a kingdom of priests Just as the priests within Israel went about their tasks teaching about God and making sacrifices to God and praying on behalf of the people to God as they lived among the people, now the people of Israel are called a kingdom of priests among the whole world. As they lived in the world among the pagan nations around them, they were called to be a means of God's revelation to the people. They were to speak to the pagan nations about who God was. This is what the priests of Israel were to do for all the people of Israel, and now this is what Israel was to do for the world, to make God known to the world. God tells them also that they are to be a holy nation, a holy nation. Part of Israel's mission, their purpose was to be a nation, a society of people who were set apart for a very specific purpose. Israel was not simply to be a congregation of worshipers who came together on the Sabbath day at the temple to offer sacrifices and worship God. Their whole life together as a society was to be an act of worship. They were a nation, a society of people with particular practices and celebrations that were meant to honor God. In Exodus chapter 19, after God gives them their identity and their mission, the very next thing that God does is he gives them the law, which was to be their way of life in the world. This is how you live as a holy nation, as a special people in the world. In God's plan for Israel, for his people, for this holy nation— was that their way of life, the way that they interacted with one another, the way that they treated one another, the way that they interacted with the strangers among them, was to be an example of holiness for the world. And so, as the other nations looked to them and their way of life, that the world would come to know God. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 through 8, God says this. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe these laws carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about these laws and say, Surely this great nation Israel is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near to them the way the Lord our God is near to us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws that I am setting before you today? Israel was to be a holy nation so that their lives together as they followed the law of God, as they followed this way of life, would reflect the character of the God that they worshipped. Throughout the law in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, we hear this refrain, Be holy as I am holy. Their lives were to reflect God's character so that the nations around them would come to know God. This was their mission, to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation in the world. Now turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter was written not only to the Jewish people, but was written to the church, Jew and Gentile, as we heard last week from the book of Ephesians, Jew and Gentile brought together those who had come to know and confess that Jesus Christ was Lord. And listen to what Peter says to us, the church. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Do you hear the echoes of Exodus chapter 19 in Peter's words? Actually, really not even echoes at all. Peter basically quotes Exodus chapter 19 when he's talking about the identity of the church. You are a chosen people, a treasured possession. You are a kingdom of priests. You are a holy nation, church. You are the ones who have been saved by God as his chosen people and are his treasured possession. And you, like Israel, are to be this kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Just as the priests in Israel were scattered throughout all the tribes in order to make God known to the people, Just as the Levites were scattered throughout all these tribes, so now followers of Jesus Christ are scattered in every country and in every city and in every town and are called to be priests among the people, making God known to those who they live around, to live holy lives as a holy nation, a unique people, lives that are different from the world around us, so that the world will see and come to know the character of our God. As priests in the world, we're given this great task of declaring with our words who God is. The priests in Israel were called to teach the people about who God was. We, as a royal priesthood, as a kingdom of priests in the world, as the church, are given this task of making God known, of teaching others about who Jesus is. The Great Commission, this call to go out into all the world and to make disciples and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, is the fulfillment of our priestly task of making God known to the world. Paul, in Romans chapter 15, says that evangelism, the work of speaking about who God is, is a priestly task. Romans 15, he says, By the grace God gave me, I became a minister of Christ to the Gentiles with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God. Our work of evangelism is a way that we fulfill this role as a royal priest, as Peter calls us to be. Called to be a people who make God known to the world, who teach people to obey God with the way that we speak and also the way that we honor God with our own lives. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared far in advance for you to do. God, by his grace, has invited you to become a part of the story that he is telling in the world. He gives you your identity. He tells you that you have been saved and redeemed by him. You are his treasured possession. And as he gives you this identity, he also gives you a task, a calling, a mission, a purpose in the world, a role to play in this story. You are one of God's priests scattered throughout the world. He has placed you in your town, in your city, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, to be someone who lives and speaks in such a way that makes God known to those around you. Listen to Peter's words in chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, that even though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you that you have invited us, have given us the privilege of participating in your work of saving and redeeming this world by calling us to be a holy people, by calling us to be a kingdom of priests, those who teach others about God through our words and through our lives. God, we ask that you would equip us by your Holy Spirit to do this work. God, we thank you that as a church we were able to be a part of sending some of your, some of your priests for a couple of weeks to a different place to go and to be these kinds of people. God, I pray that as they have come back, and Lord, as we have heard their stories, Lord, as we think about the calling that you've given to us, Lord, I pray that you would make us this kind of people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.